passion for God and compassion for our neighbor, reaching our region and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. This is Crosswinds Church, and now, here's Pastor Kurt Truxis. Well, good morning, Crosswinds. I'm just excited that we're able to have this first multi-campus gathering. Uh, my name is Kurt. I'm the, the, one of the pastors over at the Spirit Lake campus, and I get to work with Jordan on Monday. And Jordan and I are just so privileged to be able to team together for the gospel and for the glory of Christ and be able to get two campuses of Crosswinds Church. And one of our goals of having this uh, all-campus gathering is that you guys would have a chance to spend time rubbing shoulders with one another and getting a chance to meet people from the other campus. So I'm looking forward to meeting some new people from the Spencer campus because I uh, see old people that I've known for a while, but there's a number of new folks that are at Spencer that I haven't had a chance to meet yet. And uh, you folks in Spencer who haven't had a chance to meet the Spirit Lake people, please make sure you take the time this afternoon to enjoy these relationships and create new ones and strengthen them. Now, as a church, we had just started the book of First Peter. And uh, we're actually going to take a break from that book this morning. Because the next section of First Peter is rich, it's good, it's theologically deep. But to be honest, I didn't think it was the kind of thing to serve at a picnic because it sort of uh, teaches itself out more like a big Thanksgiving meal. So I thought it'd be more appropriate for us to cover something a little lighter, a, a little simpler, and very pragmatic for us at this particular time in our life with fall and everything getting busy and everything getting back online. So what we're going to do is we are going to go to Luke chapter 10 verses 38 through 40. And if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to those verses. If you don't, what I'm going to ask you to do is simply quiet your heart and listen to God's Word as I read it this morning for our key text. It's the story of Mary, Martha, and Jesus. It's a very familiar story, but we're going to look at it maybe in a little fresh light today. So I'm going to go ahead and read those verses beginning in verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And that ends the reading of God's word. Have you ever wondered how Jesus spent his evenings and his nights? One time there was a disciple who asked Jesus what the perks were of following him as a disciple. I mean, do you guys get to stay at four-star and five-star hotels? And Jesus answered him, you know, the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I take that to mean that there are many nights where Jesus and his disciples slept out in the field with nothing but a stone for a pillow and the stars for his for the blanket. 
while they slept outside, there were times, the Bible tells us, that they enjoyed hospitality. A warm hospitality in a home with friends. And probably no home in all Israel was more treasured by them and enjoyed by them than the home of Mary, Martha, and their brother, Lazarus. They lived in a suburb of Jerusalem, just in the city of Bethany, which was two miles outside of town. And in the the passage we just read, what has happened is that Martha has heard that Jesus and his posse of disciples have just come into town, and she's excited because she loves Jesus. She cares about Jesus. She's following Jesus. And she wants to use her gift, her gift of hospitality, to show love to Jesus and his disciples. And she's one of those women who knows how to love a man through the, the man's stomach. You know, She is going to cook for him. She is going to make him a meal that he and his disciples will never forget. And so she invites them into her home. So in this time, when... Many other homes and hearts are closed to Jesus. Mary and Martha's home is opened to him. And she's looking at loving on him and caring for him with her cooking. Now, many of you know that I've been married a little bit over 20 years. And in 20 years of uh, watching hospitality with my my wife, I've learned a few things. Like number one. Having somebody over the house for dinner stresses a wife out. Can all the ladies say amen? Yeah, because what do you do? It's like, now we have to clean. Now we have to dust. Now we have to make sure everything looks just perfect. But it goes up a next notch because when the guy you're having over your house is a pastor, then wives like go into overdrive mode. And when it's a really famous pastor like Jesus... It takes it up another notch. And when it's a famous pastor like Jesus and his posse of 12 disciples along with him, well, let's just say Martha had some serious hospitality stress in her life that day. She is doing the Martha Stewart Olympic Challenge of hospitality to have Jesus and the disciples over the house. In fact, I think it would take a minor miracle for her to even be able to pull this off. And at this point, the minor miracle is not going well. The stove is putting off more smoke than heat. The bread is refusing to rise. The gravy, it's sticking to the bottom of the pan and burning onto it. The meat, it's refusing to cook into the center. And you can just picture the stress in Martha's uh, life at this point. She wants to make a great meal, a wonderful meal, a meal that Jesus' disciples will not forget, and it is not happening. Stress is beginning to build inside of her, and she's looking for some help in the kitchen, which I think is pretty fair. And she looks around, and she looks from the kitchen into the living room, and there's her sister. And she is not helping in the kitchen. No, she is sitting at the feet of Jesus, gazing into his eyes, listening to his teaching. Well, Martha, like a volcano, just erupts. She storms into the living room, 
And she just boldly states right in front of Jesus and all the disciples, will you please tell my sister to come to the kitchen and help me? Don't you even care that we're making the meal? And she expected that Jesus would send her scurrying off to the kitchen. But that's not what Jesus does. And Jesus says, no, um, you know, Mary has chosen the better part. It's not going to be taken from her. Now, it doesn't take a Bible degree to figure out who wins in this story and who loses. That Mary gets the thumbs up and Martha gets the thumbs down. And people walk away and say, well, it's a very clear and simple lesson. Don't eat dinner and go to Bible study. Isn't that what the text seems to be saying? Well, my heart and my head just doesn't agree with that conclusion. Let me tell you why. You know, I think that Martha is sort of, well, let's just say it directly. She's my kind of woman. I like her. Because if it wasn't for Martha, nobody would be eating dinner that night. If everybody sat at the feet of Jesus for Bible study, they'd all be hungry. And maybe Jesus would have to do another miracle to get any food on the plate. I like the Marthas of this world. The Marthas of this world are very action-orientated, practical women. They see a problem. They see people that are hungry. And they like, you know what? I can cook. I have a home. I have a kitchen. I'm going to cook for you. The Marthas of this world are the ones that say, you know, we need teachers and Crosswinds Academy for our kids. And I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to step into it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to teach the kids. The Marthas of this world, they're the ones who invite people over their homes. I mean, if it were today, I think Martha would be the one that uh, if there was a family going through a difficult time, she'd volunteer to make the meal and bring it over. So the family didn't have to worry about dinner that night. If a friend of hers was moving, she'd be the first to be there with jeans and a pair of boots, willing to lend a hand. She's a practical, action-orientated kind of woman. And I really enjoy her for that. So what was Jesus faulting her for? Was he faulting her for trying to serve rather than joining her sister at Bible study at the feet of Jesus? I don't think so. In fact, if you look in your Bibles, the story right before this is the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, the short and sweet answer of what it's trying to teach you is that we should love our neighbor. And our neighbor is anyone who is in a time of need that we have the resources and ability to meet the need. And what I see here is that Martha is just simply being a good neighbor. What's the need? Jesus and his disciples are hungry. Martha can meet the need. She has the gift of hospitality. She loves to serve. She loves to cook. I can see the need. I can meet the need. I'm going to be a good neighbor and try and help out. Well, what is it that Jesus is really critical of her of if it's not her gift of hospitality and service? Here's what it is, I think. Jesus wasn't critical of Martha's service. But Jesus was critical of Martha's spirit in her service. We read the text 
it says Martha was distracted by much service. She was upset about many things. Martha was not making a simple meal. Remember, she is making a meal fit for a king. A seven-course meal that she expects to love her Jesus and the disciples with. And this is going to be a meal they're never going to forget. That's why Martha's upset. If you could give a personality profile of her, I think you would call her a type A personality. She's sort of the obsessive, uh, compulsive kind of person. The kind of person, like many of us, that runs by the motto that if a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing right. I have to tell you, I think that motto has murdered just as many, many people as it's motivated. Because we all live under this pressure that if a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing right. If Jesus and his disciples are coming to the dinner, it's going to be a seven-course meal that they will never forget, no matter what it costs me. Now, I think this is sort of dangerous. Many of us are like Martha. Many of us allow ourselves to get stressed out because we put ourselves under a lot of pressure because if we want to do something, we say we have to do it right. We have to do it excellent. We have to do it the absolute best we can do it. And sometimes, folks, the simple message of this passage is we shouldn't be that way. Let me explain. When I was uh, first in my doctoral courses with Haddon Robinson, he started the the classes with a very strange challenge. He said, I know almost everybody in this room is driven to get straight A's. He said, for some of you, that would be absolutely the wrong thing to do. Now, let's stop this in our tracks, because most of us were all type A, obsessive, compulsive people. That's why we ended up in a doctoral course. And he said, you know, here's the deal. Most of you have a wife. Most of you have children, multiple children. You have a, a church you're pastoring. You have people you're counseling. You have meetings you need to attend. And if you do all the work that is required to get an A-plus in this class, plus do all your other responsibilities in life, you will be one stressed-out, irritable, cantankerous person to live with. Because it's too much. In essence, what he said to us is the same thing that Jesus said to Martha. Sometimes, if things are worth doing, they're worth doing simply. Martha, one dish would have been enough. Sometimes, if things are worth doing, they're worth doing simply. Martha, one dish would have been enough. Many of us are just like Martha, way too busy, way too overstressed on things, and we need to simplify in life. And it's okay. Now, how do you know if you're too busy? There's no easy answer to this, because each one of us have different capacities for work, and some of us can get more things done than others. But I think the best place we need to look is our simple attitude. How are you when you're around your family? And when you're around those you love. Has the way you've committed to doing things transformed you into an irritable, anxious, difficult person to live with? 
sort of bursting out in anger like Martha? If so, you need to hear the words of Jesus. Sometimes, if things are worth doing, it's okay to do them simply. One dish would have been enough. You see, the way we do our service for Christ and our service for others can actually tarnish that service. Good service that ends up being done in a bad spirit doesn't do anyone any good. Go back to this story. And I want to put your... Put yourself in the room and watch this unfold. Martha comes storming into the room. Remember, she's cooking for what? Maybe 16 people? Seven course meal, all doing this at the drop of a hat because if things are worth doing, they're worth doing right. She's irritable at this point. She comes in and she doesn't get on her hands and knees and whisper in her sister's ear, Hey, could you help me in the kitchen? No, it's a grandstand performance. She stands in front of Jesus, in front of everyone else, and she says, will you please tell my sister to come to the kitchen and help me? And if Mary is the soft-hearted person I think she is, her entire evening was ruined. It was destroyed. She was humiliated in front of Jesus and in front of the disciples. Because the spirit by which Martha was doing her service had tarnished it and ruined it. It wasn't just Martha. It was actually for the whole disciples. Could you see that after Martha rocks out of the room? What are the disciples doing? Whatever you guys do, don't say anything negative about her cooking. She'll kill you. Isn't that what's going on? And as the meal is served, everyone is sort of uh, uh, tense and on their toes. Because the spirit that we do our service can tarnish our service. And sometimes we have to remember the words of Jesus. It's okay. Some things that are worth doing are worth doing simply. And one dish is enough. Have you ever been over the home of a a couple that was fighting before you came for dinner? That happened to us once when Cindy and I were first married. Remember, as we came up to the home, we heard this fighting. It was loud. It was screaming and yelling. We rang the doorbell. It was like boxers going back to their corners. Quiet and sweet all of a sudden now that we had arrived. And I'm sure after we left, the, the fighting picked up where it left off. But sometimes you can come over people's houses who are fighting and the doorbell doesn't act like the bell in a boxing match, but the, actually the, the fighting continues even when you're there. They're those piercing glances, staring at each other, that make you uncomfortable. And the couple begins to you know, lob little verbal jabs as punches to the ribs between each other. And as you're there in the house, even though the meal may be lavishly prepared and well done and intended to bless you, what do you want to do? You want to get out of there, don't you? You want to get out of there as fast as you can. Because the spirit of how that service was done has completely tarnished the service. And folks, I just uh, give this real simple message today. Because many of you are in the same position as I am. And many of you are like me. 
I'm a type A personality. I'm an obsessive compulsive type. And I always live by the motto, if things are worth doing, they're worth doing right. And in the fall, as things get busy and things go back online and there's all these things going off with your kids' sports and things you want to serve in in church and other things you want to get started, you can really end up stressing yourself out. And mom and dad end up being irritable and upset and difficult to live with because we've got too much going on. And if that's you this morning, you need to hear the words of Jesus to Martha, the type A person. Sometimes if things are worth doing, they're worth doing simply. You know, Martha, one dish would have been enough because the spirit with which we do our service can actually tarnish our service and ruin it. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, I thank you for this encounter you had with Mary and Martha. And I thank you uh, that there's this reminder that we don't need to overly stress ourselves out. There are things that are worth doing, but they're worth doing simply. And I ask today is uh, many of us have a lot of different stress in our lives with many things to do, places to go, things we like to help out in schools and with our kids. Uh, I just ask that you would free us from the obsessive compulsive stuff. Know that we, we would know that we are loved by you completely and fully. And that uh, the spirit with which we serve would not be something that tarnishes our serve. We ask this in Christ's precious name. Amen. This has been a presentation of Crosswinds Church. More of Pastor Kurt's sermons can be found online at crosswinds.tv. Thanks for being with us, and may God continue to enrich your life.